Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, what's up, boxing people? Uh, This is episode 14 of the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast, which is part of the greater Split D Boxing Network. I am your host, as always, uh, Scott Jarvis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Victor Atkinson. How are you doing today, Victor? All right, man. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. Aside from a little uh, weekend fatigue from being at Knott's Berry Farm with the, whole, the entire family, I'm not doing too bad. <laughs> um, but we've got a bevy of things to get to, especially the World Boxing Super Series Tournament semifinal fight that went down last night, uh, or last night in Russia, I should say. It was uh, early afternoon here in the States. Uh, but before we get to that, Victor, uh, I do want to cover uh, the the two fights that were on the ESPN card last night. Uh, the first was Gilber- Gilberto Ramirez versus, uh, I think it's Habib Ahmed, and that was a 12-rounder for Ramirez WBO super middleweight title. And the second was Yerwin, is it, is it, am I pronouncing that correctly, Yerwin? Your microphone is actually cutting out a lot. Oh, like you're doing the thing it did last time. Yeah, it's doing the same All thing right. where it just like fade in and out. Okay, I'll check it as as the show goes on. Uh, but it was Yerwin Ancahas versus Israel Go- uh, Gonzalez uh, in a 12 rounder for Ancahas's uh, IBF Junior bantamweight or super flyweight title. Um, now I didn't actually watch this card live, Victor. Uh, I just mm-hmm. watched the highlights of it this morning uh, because, to be honest with you. Um, May, and may, maybe maybe it had something to do with the fatigue that I that I was experiencing yesterday, which was extreme from being at knots with all six of my kids and my wife. Um, but I think it had more to do, or at least something to do, with the Gassiev Dortico's fight that I had watched just a couple hours prior. Um, yeah, man, it's really the same problem. <laughs> it's the same problem we had last week. Like it's, yeah. it's too much, and then you have one hand, you have like. A high, and on the other hand, you have just fights you don't care about. You don't want to go back to the fights you don't care about. Right? No, you're absolutely right, man. And you know what? It, you know what it is for me. It's it's a kind of a double whammy on the, that ESPN card that aired last night. Um, mm-hmm. With with Gilberto Ramirez, for me, it's like we've seen his flaws. They're glaring and they're big. And you know, he. Oh, where's this guy going? What is what is his ultimate trajectory here in the sport? I mean, he's with top rank. Um, but, you know, I'd love to call Todd DeBoof or, or Bob Arum and say, where is Ramirez going? Because, I mean, he doesn't really I, – I don't see him stepping up, you know, in terms of competition anytime soon. I don't see any kind of uh, unification bouts on the horizon for Ramirez. 
So for me, it's kind of like, okay, Gilta Bar- oh, sorry, Gilberto Ramirez is fighting tonight. Kind of like, who cares? You know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, his, his competition, Ahmed, you know, quality a guy, I guess, you know, but I mean, what is this all about? He's not really a quality guy, to be honest. We know fuck yeah. all about him. It's just, there's pretty much no footage of this guy. He hasn't really fought anybody that anybody knows. It's just, well, this when guy, I, when honestly, I, think, I don't think should have had a title fight. Well, I, and there's that, too. I was going to mention that next. And when I, just to be, just to clarify for you and for our listeners, when I say mm-hmm. quality guy, I, I, I mean, he's not. Rod Salka. He didn't get pulled out oh. of a club. He didn't get pulled out of a club, and he didn't have to ask for his boss for the night off. You know what I mean? So that he could box. Um, but no, uh, quality in terms of you know he's, he clearly isn't even on Ramirez's level, and I don't consider Ramirez an elite level fighter. Um, he's just kind of a a place. Uh, I guess I, I placeholder title holder or placeholder champion would be better. Um, you know, he's the champion until somebody. Of of you know good or good or great skill comes along and takes it from him. But uh, uh, Ramirez did win that fight. Um, I think that was by TKO in the tenth round. And Ancahas won his super flyweight fight. Was it nine? Sorry. Uh, one, no, I think it was the uh, sixth round. Let me check on boxing because I was just was looking six? at that. Yeah, I for some reason I left that out of the show notes, and I apologize to our listeners. That's not using my mo. Yeah. Six. Usually much more prepared. Yeah, six rounds, uh, and it was Ancahas with a with a TKO in the tenth round over uh, uh, Israel Gonzalez last night. Um, now, like I said, Victor, I watched the highlights of these fights. I, I, to be honest, I, I I went to bed after I think it was at eight fifteen last night. Here, I was just so exhausted from being out in the heat and the sun, and in the middle of winter, by the way, <laughs> here in Southern California. So. You know, I don't have any regrets about not watching that fight with you last night live uh, because we like to do that. Uh, that's a lot of fun, and it helps us prepare for this show. Um, but with, as far as Yerwin Ancahas is concerned, Victor, uh, and you can – I'd like to get your thoughts on him and, and, and this as well. But he did he, – you know, he turned down the offer to be on the Superfly card. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems – it seems for the path of least resistance – how do you feel about that? And what, what do you see in, in that guy? No, it says a lot when you turn down a fight on the Superfly card because that's really the best thing you have going for you in sure. that division. Because, I mean, let's be real. It's only recently have people really started to give that much of a fuck about 115. Usually mm-hmm. people just don't care about that division, which is sad because they put on great rights. But... People just generally don't care. That Superfly card did a whole lot. And to be a part of that for the second time around, it would do a whole lot for your career just to be a part of it in any way. And when you turn that down, it tells me that you're not ready for that type of competition because those cards, they're tough right. for you, man. Right. Now, 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 I'm glad we agree on that because the next point I wanted to bring up with, with Ancahas is the fact that there's a lot of people – uh, some 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 journalists and reporters that I respect, and some that I just can't stand. But the, a lot of these guys and and some of these women are, uh, you know, the, maybe it's hyperbole, maybe it's not. But you know, oh, there's some Manny Pacquiao in in Ancahas. <laughs> aside from the fact that they both come from the Philippines, and one is old and shot, and the other is on his, you know, at least on his way up to whatever plateau or ceiling he has ahead of him. That's it, man. 
There is no Pacquiao to be found in Ancajas. He's not the killer that Pacquiao was. Uh, he's never. He doesn't have the power that Pacquiao had. Uh, he doesn't. He certainly doesn't have the skill and the speed that Pacquiao had. I, am I wrong on that? I think my laughter sums up the response to that, yeah. man. I mean, that's just that's hysterical, really. Yeah, it's, it's, Manny Pacquiao. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, and, it's uh, one of those things. It, Josh Kelly is also Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. You know, th- this kind of shit. It's it's the this is the kind of shit that I expect to hear from Max Kellerman, uh, or I would expect to hear from Max Kellerman if Ancos was fighting on HBO. You know what I mean? Against any nondescript opponent. You know, somebody that they pulled out of a club or something, and oh, you know, well, you know, just just because their skin color is the same, their eyes and their nose look the same, and they come from the same country, you know, Max is gonna, you know, would ultimately, you know, bring out the Pacquiao references, but they're nothing alike. You know, I do, I just, I mean, they're two very different classes of fighters, and I know in what in in seven the next seven to fifteen years when Angahas is done in the sport, nobody's gonna be talking about him like. We talk about Manny Pacquiao. You know what I mean? Manny Pacquiao is an all-time great. He's one of the greatest absolutely. fighters of this generation. Like, easily. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. I would say, I would argue that he's he's the better fighter than Floyd Mayweather Jr. Even though he you, you know definitely argue lost that, that fight. Definitely argue that. Right. I mean, you have to understand, Pacquiao's a smaller guy. He did way more than Mayweather did. Right. To keep it above. Yeah. Well, Pacquiao, Pacquiao, not only, not only, you know, won titles and and took out guys in eight, what was it, eight or nine did, did different divisions, you know, when he went on that run of terror there in his prime, but you know, uh, he did he did it spectacularly, it, and he took risks in doing uh-huh. all of that. He kept he kept moving up and up and up and up and up, you know, and kind of like Chocolatito did, and eventually Roman, you know, met his match in 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 Sol Ring Visai. You know, he was just too big and, and too old. But, you know, I, I don't – Mayweather didn't take those kinds of risks. And, and Ancahas is never going to take those risks. You know, I don't, I don't know that Pacquiao or, or, you know, in his prime with Top Rank or Bob Arum would would have worked with Tom Loeffler, you know, or, or been willing to throw Manny Pacquiao to the, to the quote-unquote wolves, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a superfly card like that or a series of them. But, uh, he, you know – Manny Pacquiao was never the weakest title holder in his his any respective division in which he Ever. sat. You know, Ancahas is. I mean, it's demonstrably true. It's you know what I mean. You look at the other Superfly or Junior Bantamweight champions, whatever you want to call it, and just just watch their fights, their individual fights. You know, as good as the contenders there. Yeah, I, I think I think well, I think if they continue to match Ancahas the way they have. Um, uh, and I'm sure that's going to be the case. I think he'll be a title holder for some time, and I don't think he's Probably. going to go anywhere anywhere near the any of the guys, you know, that that are being featured on Tom Loeffler shows or, you know, uh, you know. I think it's uh, 360 Promotions now. He's no longer using K2, but um, that's interesting. You know, I don't. That. Yeah, I, I think I could be wrong uh, because I know he started that his own promotional company. Um, but Tom puts together all, these awesome cards with these really awesome fighters, you know what I mean? In great venues and, you know, people are going nuts over them. I don't, the, again, not to be a broken record, but the fact that you're Ancahas, you know, stepped aside and let that tournament pass or, you know, or mini tournament, I should say, pass him up. You know, it says a lot about him and, and, and what his handlers think of him. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, 
best of luck to him. I have no, no ill will against the guy. He's a decent fighter, quality guy, but he is no Manny Pacquiao by any stretch of the imagination. So take that shit somewhere else. I, I you know, I'm tired of hearing about that. Um, but did you did you have anything to add to uh, the ESPN card last night, Victor? Before we move on, or well, should I just kind of? I think we're <laughs> kind of rough on Zordo here. It's not like he's completely terrible. He's he's B level. <laughs> I think that's what you're yeah, implying no, too. Oh, yeah. Just B level, but no, no, and and, and, I, and and it wasn't it wasn't a deliberate attempt to be rough on on Ramirez. I think I mean Zer, you call him. I know his nickname is Zerto. I always just yeah. call him Ramirez. He. He's a quality guy. I mean, he's going to beat, you know, he's a step above gatekeeper, but he's certainly not an elite level fighter or even a triple A fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's the next, he's the second, he's the second tier fighter, which is fine. That's very respectable. And, and most of the, most of the guys we watch on a weekly basis are, are, are at that level, you know, and they, when they're matched properly, they, they give us some great fights. You know what I mean? So yeah. like him to, versus you know, shit. him versus Jesse Hart wasn't a terrible match. So that was interesting. I like right. It. Yeah, no, that wasn't bad at all. But, you know, like I said, to go back to him for a moment, where is he going? You know, what is this? Yeah. What was this fight for? What is it about? You know, it doesn't it doesn't Isn't lead it to anything that we have to ask this about so many fights. Like, what was the point of this? Why did this even happen? Yeah. What are you doing here? And, and just just so the listeners know, and I know you and I have kind of talked about it privately before when I when it sounds like I'm being hard on these these second tier B-level quality fighters, it's not because I think B-level is actually D-level or I, I look at them that way or, 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 you know, C or D-level. They're quality guys, like I just said a few minutes or a minute or two ago, but uh, I get tired of, of the, the promoters and the networks and some of the PR teams that masquerade as, a commenta- as commentators or commentating teams talking about these B-level guys or selling them to us a lot like the PBC does. That's one of the yeah. main gripes for that organization. As the top of the sport. I don't think, and I know you and I, and, and, and I'm sure if Vince Cummings is listening, he's going to shit his pants when I say this. I think Keith Thurman is a B-level fighter. I don't think he's an elite-level guy. The second he steps in with Spence, that reign is over, dude. The second he gets anywhere near Crawford, even though that will never happen, it's over. You know what I mean? And you, I mean, you yourself, you think Porter beat him in their fight. So it's, 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 not, it's not that I look down on these B-level guys. They give us, you know, they 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 make up the bulk of the televised, the televised portions of the sport that you you and I love and our listeners love. So, you know, I have nothing but respect for anybody that gets into the ring. Oh my God! But, you know, they're not. I I, I don't get mad at the fighters or, or fighters on that level. I get mad at the the way they're promoted. You know, and I I, I know no promoter is going to come out and say, well. Here's my second best guy. He's fighting the fourth or fifth best guy. Yeah, you know, that that's that's bad business. I but like with the Ancahas thing, I see Manny Pacquiao in there. You know, oh Ramirez, Ramirez, and when he, there was talk of him fighting Golovkin, which was to me was laughable. You know what I mean? And there's been talk of it happening at super middleweight one day, which I, again I think even that's laughable. But it's just you know, Ramirez is who we know who Zerto is. We know what he is. You know. Get him in there with other B quality fighters, or you know, or even A quality fighters. Let's see if he has a second gear. Let's let's see if he can step it up. You know what I mean? Let's see if he's got something else in the tank. I'm I just get sick of these B level guys getting getting sold as A level, you know, an A level ticket, you know, and then not you know never progressing. They never they never get pushed. It's just kind of they're just kind of left there to wallow in that in that second tier of the sport. You know, which is very respectable. A very respectable level, I should say, but 
it's just kind of like, give these guys something to do. Like Ramirez, where is he going? Again, where is he going? What's his next What's his next step? Why should I care about watching him on ESPN? You know, now if you said, oh, Ramirez is fighting, I don't know, so-and-so next, and it's a unification bout, well, okay, I'm tuning in because I'm going to be studying Ramirez. I'm going to be taking, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking for the holes in his game. I'm going to be looking for what works and what doesn't. You know what I mean? But as it stands now, like, the card last night didn't do anything for me just because of all those things, you know, all those factors at play. Um, but, like you said, after Gossi of Dordicos, which I guess is a good segue into reviewing what we saw last night or yesterday afternoon, um, it, you know, you, you go from this high and then, oh, I got to watch the ESPN card. Oh, I got to watch the ESPN card. It's kind of yeah. our job to watch it. But it's yeah, exactly. Well, you, yeah, it's it's like it sounds like Napoleon Dynamite. You know what I mean? When he's like totally disaffected by life, you know, it's just uh, it's just like you know you it you go from one you go from one place to this very low place. So, and I did want to mention too that uh, you know we've talked on this show before many times about uh, the World Boxing Super Series tournament either not being shopped to certain networks or certain networks not picking those fights up because they don't want to commit to, you know, eight, eight, whatever it was, eight fights, you know, in yeah. total. But this is another example where last night I was, even before I fell asleep and decided to watch, excuse me, before I told myself, I'll watch highlights in the morning, don't worry about it, you know, crash out. It's, you know, they could, ESPN, HBO Showtime, ESPN, but in this particular instance, ESPN could have had this. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if they were ever in 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 the in talks or ever entertained the idea of of having it. But you're gonna pay Bob Arum or Top Rank for shit like this when everybody and their mother, you know, that cares about boxing was watching uh, the 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 legal stream this time on uh, the WBS's uh, YouTube, either YouTube or Facebook channel. I was watching. Yeah, they improved on that. Yeah, I, was I had to watch your pirate. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we talked about that last week, so we won't get into it too much here, but I had to watch on my phone yesterday because uh, on the way home from uh, Knott's Berry Farm with with six exhausted kids, two of whom were screaming because, you know, they're toddlers or infants, we stopped at a a car lot and picked up a new van. So luckily we got everything worked out over the phone and over email, so it was just going in and signing, but it still took two hours. I was watching on my phone in the dealership. It's quietly... As possible, and I had to contain. You know how I react to fights. You've watched with me. Yeah, no, no, I really yeah. highly doubt you were quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and you, I was gonna say. So some of our listeners have probably seen my old reaction videos when I'm watching a Golovkin or Kovalev fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so. But I actually did. I behaved myself and I contained myself. I still put my arms up when the knockout mm-hmm. happened, but. You know, when some Man, they probably thought you were days. crazy, just looking at your phone, just oh, shouting no, no, out. No, 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 dude. Yourself. There was. I, I gave them the disclaimer when I walked in. I told the, the, the first, the first girl. I said, "I'm, i my wife is here to do everything. I'm here to sign whatever." And because the car was going in my name, I said, "You mm-hmm. tell me where to sign. My wife will make sure I sign the right things at the right time." I said, "Otherwise, don't talk to me. Don't deal with me. I'm here to watch a fight, and it's part of my job." So. Boom. And then when the when the closing guy came in to seal the deal, I shook his hand. I looked him in the eye just as a courtesy just once. And I went right back to my phone and he made a comment. He goes, well, I can tell you're very busy and you don't care about what I have to say. So we made sure my I had my wife right there like she was glued to me and just 
kind of guided my hand on the paper and I signed everything off. We, you know, luckily by the time it was time to move our belongings from our old car into our new car, uh, the fight was long over. But yeah, when when the fight did end or when we got to the twelfth round and the shit really hit the fan there for Dornicos, uh, mm-hmm. I held. I you know I was pumping my fist and I stood up a couple times, but I didn't I didn't make a peep. I know that's hard to believe, but I didn't make a peep. <laughs> But uh, since we are on that topic, uh, last night from uh, the Bull, I hope I'm saying this right, the Bolshoi Ice Dome in Sochi, Russia, uh, it was Muret Gassiev versus Unier Dortikos, uh, both undefeated cruiserweight champions, yep. um, fighting in the World Boxing Super Series semifinal, uh, and the IBF and the WBA titles were on the line. Uh, now, in that fight, uh, Murat, or Murat, I think it's Murat, Gassiev emerged victorious after knocking Junior Dordikos out late in the 12th round to become the second unified cruiserweight champion in the world and earned the right to advance to the tournament where he's going to fight Alexander Usyk in May. So, Victor, why don't you go ahead and start with this? Because I'm probably going to go nuts once I start getting uh, my thoughts and breakdown of the fight. Uh, what do you think, man? Okay, so the matchup itself. You know what I love about this tournament? You have guys that are undefeated, risking their undefeated records against each other. Both Usyk and Gassiev have taken the O of champions. I mean, because yep. I consider Dordikos a champion. How often do you see that in this close of a time frame? You know, like the winner of this tournament would have beaten more than one undefeated fighter that like actually fought people. You know, this is. This is not an everyday thing in boxing. You don't see this very often at all. It's sure, sure. Yeah. You know, I think, I think you told me, uh, I texted you when I was at Knott's, and I asked you for a link to the fight, mm-hmm. because I, and I, t- I explained that I only had my phone. So, you know, it's, it's tough to find that kind of stuff on a, mo- a small mobile device. But uh, anyway, uh, I think you told me this is the, the, the World Boxing Super Series Tournaments, uh, at least the cruiserweight tournament, are, is the best thing happening in boxing right now. Or yeah. was it after the fight? Was it after? No, I said I said that prior by a wide margin. Oh, okay. Best thing in boxing right now. Yeah, I, 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 you know, and I couldn't wait to to bring that up because I couldn't agree with you more, Victor. I mean, even had that had that fight had Dordikos and Gasse have gone to the cards, I mean, what a fight! You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's I just oh my god! I don't even know how to put that into words. I, I kind of had rehearsed a few things last night in prep for the show and, and today when I was putting the, putting the show together, but it, it oh man, I, I, I guess when, when the fight started, uh, because I was picking gas, I have either by late stoppage or by decision. Uh, when mm-hmm. the fight started and I saw Gasse of going on the back foot, I kind of got, As well, I, I, should I, have. I was worried though, man. Yeah, 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 no, I, I, got, I, I won't say worried, but I was concerned because I thought, well, this guy, that was the thing you and I had talked about on the show, and I heard a lot of other people in, in boxing media talk about was, oh, can, can Dordikos withstand that come-forward pressure that, you know, that Gossam employs? It's kind of Golovkin-esque. It's certainly not as aggressive or as ferocious, but it's that, that constant forward movement and that, you know, the, the jabs and, and, the, and, the wor- and the body work that, you know, that, that, that make his opponents, you know, second guess throwing or, or make them a little bit gun shy or put him on the back foot. But Dordikos was coming forward. Uh, he wasn't landing a lot of big shots early on, but I just thought, well, how long, 
Yeah, I thought I will, I will, we'll get to Gossayev's def- defense in just a moment. But I thought, how long can Gossayev keep this up? How long is he going to be able to deflect, to avoid, to dodge, to you know, to stymie, to stymie that that power and that offense that Dordicos has? Um, you know, but but by the time the tide started to swing in the other direction around four or five, I thought, you know, hey, we got a fight on our hands here. But I, I don't know about you, man, but I was biting my nails sitting in that dealership, you know, watching my Galaxy Note 8, like, on, the, I had it propped up on the desk, just watching, biting my nails, man, like, in anticipation of one of these guys landing something huge. Um, how, how, how did you feel watching the fight? Man, in the first four rounds, I think I had got Gavin, well, Gavin, good job, Gavin Garcia <laughs> one round, I want to say, I think it was, like, the second, and... I was worried. I was very, very worried. I was like, oh, man, it's going to lose by decision. This is. I knew that work rate was going to be a problem for him, the work rate and the speed. But he proved me wrong. Abel Sanchez came up with a great game plan for this. Yeah, that's that's what I was actually going to bring up next, and that's a great point, Victor. Uh, I, I was worried that, you know, because we haven't up, – up until last night, we hadn't seen – Gasse have really pushed or or him had to I won't say dig deep because I mean he was in control for the majority of the fight but you know Dordicos is no slouch you know this guy is at the top of the sport or at least at least the cruiserweight division he's one of the best cruiserweights in the world even mm-hmm. after suffering that knockout um you know but Gasse have showed us that he can he can he has another dimension he can also stay on the outside stay at mid-range and he can play he can play the defensive game while he learns to time his opponent and, and kind of figure his, his, the guy out that's in front of him. Um, yeah, I, that you brought up defense just a minute or two ago, Victor. I mean, I was so, and I'm still today, I'm so impressed with Gasseya's ability to use his hands and his forearms to just deflect those shots that Dordico's yeah. throwing at him. That's some Golovkin shit, man. You can say yeah, you can I was going to say, that's, that's, and not, not the Golovkin of 2017 or what's going to be 2018. He still does those things, but the, the, you know, the, the, the shine is off Golovkin's tools. They're, they're, they're dulling a little bit. This was, mm-hmm. this was, this reminded me of a prime Golovkin when everybody was screaming, he's all offense. He's one dimensional. <laughs> you know, he has no defense. Golovkin would do the same in a little bit differently. They're not, they're not that identical. But it's that same thing, and I don't know if it comes from from Abel, you know what I mean, or if it's just something that's in their DNA as fighters. But it's that that quick movement with the hand or the glove or the forearm to to pull a shot away from their face or away from their body, and it was it was really impressive. And Kovalev does it to to some degree as well. Um, I don't think he's as effective with it, but it's it's that you know these fast heavy hands are coming at you, and it's pop pop. You can hear it hitting Gasteyev's gloves, and then thud on his forearms um i man yeah that's just again that was really impressive um and then when gasayev did finally kind of go on the attack or on the hunt and you know near the middle of the fight uh, i was really impressed even more so than i was in his last fight against the way the way he throws punches and the delivery this guy gasayev is accurate he's sharp yep. he's crisp and his punches well. are compact and short man yeah, except for you know when he was on when he was trying to finish Dordicos, uh, the delivery was just it was it reminded me kind of, of of a prime Mike Tyson where it was just there was nothing wasted and it was it was he knew where it was going before he he threw it and it was it just looked 
it looks good and it looks dangerous right from the moment that torque starts, you know, unwinding. Yeah, but let's not get a little bit ahead of ourselves. It's not like he's perfect out there. He did have a couple of moments where he just lost his balance. He overreached. It was bad. I was expecting sure. him to get countered from that. But no, 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 no. And so. No, and, <laughs> I, and I, I don't mean I. I don't mean to sound like the people who are you know calling Ancahas Pacquiao. You know, I <laughs> I don't I don't think Gosev is Tyson esque. You just as a boxing fan or observer, especially as long as we have been. You know, both together and separately. I mean, you see, you see the same patterns, you see the same stories in the sport told over and over. And I, I mean, just like, and you get your, you play video games like I do, probably not as often as I do, but, um, you know, you you see the same things in in in, in, the, in that in that in that field as well. And you go, okay, I know it's coming. Or hey, this reminds me of that game I played five years ago. You know, it's not to com- really to compare the game you're playing today to the great game you played five years ago. And I don't mean to do that with Gossayev or, or with, with anyone else. You know, when I say, Oh, it's Tyson esque or it's Golovkin esque, but that, 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 you know, some fighters share DNA, you know what I mean? Their makeup as, as, as fighters is similar. And that's what I mean when I, when I say, you know, the way he delivers his punches, uh, the way he uses his hands and his forearms to, to deflect punches, it's 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 all impressive. The same way it was when those other guys did it. Now, you know what I mean. That's, it, but again, that's not to say Murat uh, Gasev is the next Golovkin or the next Tyson. I don't think he is by any stretch of the imagination. Just to be clear to you and anybody that might listen to this. So, <laughs> um, what were what? Now, let me ask you, Victor. What were you most impressed with in Gasev last night and Dortikos? What do you think both guys did well? For Gassiev, his patience and sticking to the game plan. Because yeah. after the first four rounds, because like I said, I had him losing the first four rounds. Usually what happens is you get kind of worried. Like, okay, I might have to do something differently because I'm not really having that much success doing this. Because he's like, no, I'm going to keep doing this. I trust Sanchez. We're going to get through this. <laughs> he did. He's always well, poised in there. Well, that's tough. Yeah, no, that's it. A- you're absolutely correct, man. You know, it's funny that you brought up the the patience because that was something I was going to bring up too, kind of when I gave my thoughts on what both guys did well. But did you notice when the first knockdown came and when when Gossaya floored Dordicos with that left hand? First of all, not only did it happen because Dordicos left himself wide open, uh, mm-hmm. like like I said he did last week, um, but. That look on Gasev's face when when Dordicos finally hit the canvas, he looked over to the corner and it was like, "Fuck, finally!" I don't know if he was talking to Abel or anyone else in his corner or maybe his family, but it was that look like, "Jesus, thank you, finally!" You know what I mean? What else? Tough as shit, man. Oh my god! So after this, I do not want to hear that stereotype of Cubans don't have a fucking chin. I hear that all the fucking time. Dordicos, nor nor heart, nor heart. This Cuban yes. has heart, the heart and the chin of like the. It's up there with like the legendary guys of the sport to to take what he took from Gasev mm-hmm. and to con, to continue fighting back all the way uh, right. in, until after the second knockdown. You know, which exactly. happened when he was out on his feet. He was trying to like, win. Yes, it's not like he like just suddenly started getting his ass in the 
like 12th round, he was getting beat the fuck up, like from round six onward. It was bad. At one point, like the seventh or the ninth round, I forgot which round exactly it was, but somewhere in the second half of the fight, I'll say that for certain. He yeah, got yeah. flipped badly by a left hook. Yeah, but you know, you know what's what's funny is I noticed why rewatching the twelfth round today, especially the knock, the where the knockout started to the the beginning of the end, I should say. Um, there was a, a looping right hand that it, that went that hit Dorticos on his his le- the left side of his head right behind his ear. It looked real sloppy coming from Gosev, and Dorticos was leaning when it connected. But it was after that that he kind of. I, if you go back and watch, he kind of his legs kind of stiffen up, and then he's okay. And then that left first left hook comes and drops him like a like a sack of potatoes, man. Uh-uh. It, uh, just yeah. I, well, as far as what Dordicos, I thought Dordicos did well. Um, I thought especially in the first half of the fight, I liked his that he was wor- the fact that he was working on the on the front foot and that he was trying to take the fight to Gasev. Um Now, what I didn't like from Dordicos throughout the fight is I didn't think he was busy enough and that may have had something to do with Gossev but when I think of the first half of the fight Victor but when I think of the first half of the fight Victor uh, when when Gossev wasn't that busy and when he was operating off the back foot and boxing more than fighting I I kept I kept talking to the TV you know my phone I almost said TV but to my phone and I was like you know push it push it throw something you know Gossev he had good head. He employed some really good head and, and body movement yesterday, you know, to keep uh, Dordicos from landing anything easily. But it it wasn't like he he was unhittable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Gasev isn't a Lomachenko. He's not a he's not a prime Pacquiao where they're coming in at odd angles and he's hard to find or hard to connect with. You know what I mean? He Dordicos didn't. He was head hunting a lot. I didn't see a lot a lot of effort to go to the body or maybe a lot of desire. Maybe he was just afraid to get countered. I don't know. But, um, yeah, man, that from Dordicos, I thought he could have been busier or should have been busier against someone like Gossev. And I thought, uh, it, despite Gossev looking good, even in the early portion of the fight, playing defense, you know, playing the game defensively, I thought he could have pushed things a little bit more earlier. Um, but I'm not Abel Sanchez. I'm not a boxing trainer. You're, you're probably right. Like you said, stick to the plan, you know, Play passive. Take your time. Figure him out. You know, feel his power. You know, get his respect, and then start setting things up later. But man, I, you know, I after even before the before the knockdown started, Victor, I was so impressed with the way Gossev like conducted himself in the ring. There was so much poise for being at what he just turned twenty four, like yep. like the last week or the week before, for being a young kind of inexperienced guy. He stepped into this tournament, you know what I mean, without having any kind of, you know, any hoopla surrounding the guy's name. You know, I knew, I mean, guys like us knew who he was, and there was some talk of, hey, keep your eye on this guy. And we knew he was working at the summit in Big Bear with Abel, and he, you know, he works with Golovkin too, which is a huge bonus. But, you know, I mean, this guy, this guy behaved like a seasoned veteran in there to me. You know, to my eyes, that's what he looked like last night. Um, but yeah, man, what a what a fight. Now let me ask you, Victor. Do you would you put this? Did you put this in your uh, your folder as a possible fight of your candidate? Yeah, it's in there. It's definitely in there. Yeah. Now, now was it was it the fight itself, or was it a combination of things like what was at stake, the level of competition? It's both. I mean, it's always going to be both when you factor these things in. But 
the fight itself was great. What the fight meant was fucking historic. This is not your everyday fight. I mean, no, sometimes it's kind no, of weird to call not. this a unification fight because honestly, Dorticos didn't have the real WBA title. Lebedev did. But the way I see it, he has more claim to the WBA title than Lebedev does since Lebedev lost to Gassiev himself. This is the way I see it is like Jacobs versus Golovkin, where one guy's the WBA and one guy has the WBA sure. super. But as far as like what Dorticos did well, because I kind of like skipped over that part, he maintained a really good jab. He was active. Like you say, he wasn't like always active throughout the fight, but that really had to do with Gassiev. When Gassiev is like banging you to the body and you try to block it and you take the shots in your arm, <laughs> you can't punch anymore it's really right. really difficult that's why his right hand was just gone Gassiev did that himself mm-hmm. which is kind of amazing it also says a lot about Gassiev's guard because he was doing the same thing that Dorticos was just taking the punches like that and he was able to maintain that you have to be so physically strong and tough to maintain that sort of thing it is not yeah. an easy thing to do his guard was even getting split Gassiev's I mean let's see no you're right well, the, the only thing I really saw connecting for, for Dorticos through the majority of the fight were, were the jabs, the straight, mm-hmm. the straight jabs that came in. And, and they, they were partially blocked by both of Gossev's gloves. But I, I, occasionally I saw him sneaking through and, you know, pushing, not snapping, but pushing Gossev's head back just a little bit. But nothing that Dorticos landed ever discouraged uh, uh, Gossev or caused him to have to reset. Gossev stuck to his game plan, whether he was on offense or defense. The entire time, man. You know, I, and that, that was because that says a lot about the respect that Gassiev is showing to Dorticos, though, because Gassiev doesn't usually fight exactly like that. He's more, like you said, like more of a on the front foot stalking you. He wasn't doing that. Sure. He boxed like that to mitigate the damage to himself and take Dorticos out late. I was very yeah. impressed by the ability to maintain a game plan like that, the formulation of a game plan like that from Gassiev, sure. uh, from Abel Sanchez, because. It's like he knew that Gassiev, let's be real here, Gassiev is not a fleet-footed fighter at all. So no, no, you have to think not. of a way to have him mitigate the damage on the back foot without <laughs> the ability to move that goddamn quickly. So that is what you do. Because a lot of times when you get a trainer, they'll try to teach a fighter something they just can't do. Like when, um, let's say... Nacho had, when he was training Chavez Jr. in the Canelo fight, it looked like he wanted Chavez just to box off the back foot and be, well, not Chavez, and that's what happens when that happens. You have a guy that just can't do that. Right. No, that, and that's a mistake a lot of, I don't know whether it's the trainer's fault or the fighter's fault, but when, when a fight, especially a... Okay. Well, you, do you know where I'm going with this then? <laughs> Like, like, like after really... when a when a fighter, especially after a, a fighter loses or gets knocked out, and they were an offensive fighter before that knockout, you know, regardless of their level of skill, they come back in their next fight as, you know, they want to be Andre Ward or they want to be Floyd Mayweather, you know, or or, yeah. or you know what I mean, or Pernell Pernell Whitaker. It's it's one of those things where it's like, you're you know, even if you're you're a very skilled boxer puncher, if you go into the gym and try to become this defensive master, you never. You, you know, I've never seen that work in the history of the the the, the entire not the history of the sport, but the the entire time I've been watching this sport, mm-hmm. it, it, I've never seen a guy, and I've never seen somebody like a Winky Wright become a Golovkin. You know what I mean? Especially in right. one camp, 
You know what I mean? You can add things. I know that you can add things and, you know, add, you know, tweak things as you go, but, you know, especially after a few fights with a new trainer, but these guys drop their trainer after a loss or a hard fight or they get punched. They finally step up and, 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 you know, take some leather and all of a sudden they want to be something completely different and it's not in their DNA to do so. So you are, you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think it has a lot to do with your, your temperament and your personality and your disposition as a, as a human being when you get in there, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I always thought if I were to ever box, even just for fun, I'd go. I'd be all offense. You know what I mean? I want to fight. You know, I'm not. I'm not there. To, I'm either going to get knocked out or I'm going to take your head off. It's it's going to be one or the other. I don't want to spend any time scoring points. I want to hurt you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's just it's just just my the way I am. You know the way I think. But uh, anyway, back to the to to the fight. Um, I'm I'm wondering, Victor, that uh, and we can talk about the stoppage in a minute. But after a mm-hmm. beating like that, especially the beating he took at the last, what, minute or minute and a half of the fight, uh, yep. what do you think? Do you think Dordicos is going to have anything left? Do you think he's going to come back as the same fighter? Do you think he changes his style? Or what, what happens next for this guy? I don't think he's going to change his style, but I think his confidence is going to take a big hit. I think he's physically taking a big hit, too. Yeah. I think the confidence is going to matter more than his physical abilities, though. I mean, when you have well, a guy like that get stopped like that and then they cry at the press conference and they get consoled right. by the fighter that knocked them out, that is not Yeah, that's that's well that that's disheartening for somebody like me to watch. You hate to see a, a guy just totally stripped of his pride and his confidence. You know, it's like, dude, you were in this tournament and you made it to the semifinal, you lost to the at least the second best Right, the that's world. a crazy thing. You, He's at no, least the best second best. Yes, yes. There's, there's no shame. I, I'll say it right now because even if Gossiev loses to Usyk in May, there's no shame in losing to Murat Gossiev. None at all. This guy is a high quality fucking fighter, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 yeah. It, it was sad to see that happen to Dordicos, but you know, I ask where he goes next because, and I asked you first before I chimed in because. You've boxed before, Victor, so I wanted to ask you a second, you know, a kind of a, a a tertiary question, I guess. When 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 you take a beating like that, or when you're knocked out like that, you know, no matter what you thought of yourself before, how much, you know, does that stick with you? Because these guys come back and you know they'll get a tune up, or a, they call it the confidence building fight, you know, which is basically yeah. just a tune up or a showcase. But does that re- do those fights really restore the confidence that? that a fighter like Gossip takes from you? Not entirely, but it will help. A lot of it, though, is just you need to get back in the ring and against someone that's not that dangerous if you're trying to manage that correctly because we're looking at brain trauma here. You need to get back in the ring to keep yourself sharp, but you also don't want to risk getting fucked up like that again because – that is where you get into more of a diminished fighter than you even were before sure. before you got stopped like well like sure. immediately after you got stopped like that. Well, so let me excuse necessary. me. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 I know they're necessary, but I'm just I'm wondering if and I ask because you you've been a boxer, you know, will will Dorticos ever be on the same level as he was last night again? You know. Um, Doubtful. what I like, what I'd like to see happen is one of those confidence building fights. And then I would love to see, and it won't happen obviously on the final 
on the on this on this tournament's final card. But I would love to see Dordico's fight Reedus. Mm-hmm. I would love to see how that plays out. It's been, now it's even more interesting because does Dordico's come back and, and, and be more defensive? Will he be more defensive minded? Will he be gun shy? And if, if Reedus fights the way he did against uh, Usyk, you know we could have a really good fight on our hands. You know what I mean? So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. I, I definitely want to see Dordicos again, and I definitely think he, he's earned himself, uh, you know, at least another TV date at the very least. Um, I mean, cause it's, again, it's a shame, Victor, that this tournament doesn't have a, have a loser's bracket where, you know, the guys could fight, you know, obviously Dordicos will be suspended for six months because he was knocked out. Uh, yeah. and he may be out longer considering how he was knocked out. Um, you know, and if he comes back at all, you know, I definitely want to see him on TV again. I mean, the guy, the guy's going to knock somebody out or he's probably going to get knocked out again. So kind of like David Lemieux in that regard, not to compare the two fighters again. But he, he, he's coming to hurt someone or he's going to get hurt. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what the diehards want to see. They want to see, you know, a, you know in a, good, a good, exciting, competitive fight. So um, hopefully he's okay and hopefully uh, he makes his return sooner rather than later. Um, now... Jumping ahead, Victor, um, what do you see? And I, we'll talk about this more and more uh, as, as the weeks roll on and we do more shows and the fight draws closer. But I want, I want to get your early feelings on, on the uh, World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight Final, uh, which is Murat Gasseh versus Oleksandr uh, Usyk. Uh, what do, what are, you, are you excited for the fight or as excited as I am? Are you, are you exci- as excited for it as you were for the Dordicos fight? And how do you see that playing out, man? I'm very excited for it. Honestly, though, <laughs> I still think that Dordicos would have done better against Usyk than Gassiev would. I just have a gut feeling on that. I don't think we're ever going to know, especially now since Dordicos, I highly doubt he's going to return to the same fighter he was. And Right. Man. But, okay, so for this fight, Gassiev is going to have to bank those rounds early. He's going to have to. Mm-hmm. A lot of times he's a slow starter, but so is Usyk. He's going to have to fix that because once Usyk gets going, that speed and work rate is not going to do him any favors. He yes. is just not. I don't think he's equipped to handle someone like Usyk. And yep. just on points, he's going to have to do something to steal the rounds. Or maybe maybe he'll get – well, I don't want to say lucky, but maybe – what he did to Dordicos is going to affect Usyk as well, where he bangs them so much that they can't maintain their guard. They can't throw punches the way they want to. Or if he can punish when Usyk does his little probing right hands, if he can take that right. away from him, maybe then it becomes a highly competitive fight or it becomes a fight in Gassiev's favor. But I just don't see it happening. And Gassiev has a problem against Southpaws too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's true. You know my my early feelings on it. I, I meet my mind immediately went to the fight as soon as I knew uh, Dordicos was done. When I saw him fall through the ropes, I thought, mm-hmm. "Oh my God, how does Gasseyev contend with Usyk, and how does Usyk contend with Gasseyev?" Now I, I think I think Victor, if Gasseyev does what he did against Dordicos, I and I, I'm sure he and Abel are are much uh, smarter than that, and they've got better ring IQs than mm-hmm. than, than than what I'm about to suggest. Or, or, or hope he'd say he doesn't do. But if he comes in and he's a slow starter um, and, he, and, and he wants to work off the back foot or he just doesn't throw a lot while he's stalking, uh, you're right. 
Usyk's work rate alone is going to be hell for Gasev. And Gasev isn't isn't. Here's another comparison uh, in terms of, of footwork. Gasev and I think he's a little bit better than this fighter, but Gasev and Canelo are in that same category in my Yo, mind in, in, in terms crazy. of footwork. I was thinking about that myself. Yep. <laughs> yeah, funny. he he cut he at times Gasev when he's stalking or when I see when when you know when he's doing his work, getting ready to do his work, he's got footwork like Golovkin, where I see him being really smart, like his punches. Gasev is very economical with his footwork. Again, just like his 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 his, uh, his punches are, but I feel like against Usyk, he doesn't have the time or the luxury of time to sit back and wait for the shots or to soften Usyk right. up. Like later, he's got to get to work. If not in the first couple of rounds, from the third round on, he has to get busy. And I think Gasev really has to. He's going to have to up his work rate. I know he's an economical puncher. He's not a you know he's not a he's not a you know, one of those, those – he's an offensive guy, but he's not the kind of offensive fighter that just lets his hands fly. You know what I mean? Like, he's not Usyk. Usyk lets his hands go, even though he's not a murderous puncher, you know, far from it. But Usyk, I think – and I think I'm sure Usyk and his team are smart enough to know that, well, hey, Gasayev is – even though he's deceptively slow, you know, he he's fast when he starts working. But until that point, he's kind of a plotter in the same way Canelo is. He plods and plods, and then when he starts moving, either offensive or defensively, then it's, oh, man, that guy's quick. But until that point, Usyk's kind of got a blank canvas with which to do his work. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how how both of those guys deal with one another and, and what adjustments they make in the gym and especially during the fight when something isn't going their way. Uh, now let me ask you, Victor, do you think it's going to be a competitive fight? Do you think it's going to be a, and do you think it's going to be uh, an entertaining fight, or is it just going to be kind of ugly? I don't see it being ugly. I think it's going to be a close competitive fight. I hope that's what's going to happen. I don't know. Think about this. I could see Usyk buck twentying Gassiev, but I could also see him just winning seven five. I could also see him getting knocked out. I can't call this right now. If Usyk does. What he should do, which is use his, I'm pretty sure he has a reach advantage there, use the jab, pivot around him, keep turning Gassiev, confuse him in there, don't let him set his feet. Then he can make this pretty, I don't say easy, but he can make this a lot more winnable for himself than, <laughs> than if he tries to just sit there and trade with Usyk. If he fights Usyk, like he, I'm sorry, if he fights Gassiev like he fought Breedis, he's not going to make this easy for himself at all. If he right. employs like more of the game plan he did. Have you seen his amateur fights or highlights? Of uh, no, I have not. Okay, well, he doesn't seem to do it as much now, which is weird. I think you can attribute that to his trainer. He, mm-hmm. When he was in the Olympics, he was trained by Lomachenko's father, and that's when a lot of people were making the comparisons to Lomachenko and Usyk. But now people are saying like he's basically his own trainer. He has a trainer now, but they're like, Usyk kind of just does what he wants to do in there. You've seen kind of a shift in his style. If he goes back to like the amateur style, he's going to have a lot more success in this fight. If he tries to do what he's been doing lately in like his last three fights – could be pretty difficult unless that work rate fucks Gassiev up. That's also a huge possibility. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. The the other the other variable that that's got my mind going nuts and, and got me excited is 
is because Usyk isn't a super heavy hitter. He doesn't have the, those bricks in his hands like Gossayev does. I'm wondering, if, even with that work rate, if, if, if Usyk can't get Gossayev's respect early, you know, or, or if Gossayev feels Usyk's power or lack thereof and decides to start going to work and coming in, I'm wondering how much... Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm wondering yeah. how, how Usyk's going to deal with that. Because, it, I mean... He's got that, that, that body attack is just it's great. It's ferocious mm-hmm. and it does damage. So and Usyk's primarily a mover. He he fights on the outside and he comes to win, you know, I mean, he'll get you out of there with, you know, he'll make it a war of attrition or get you out of there, you know, just because he he's hit you with so many punches, you know, slaps hurt when you when you take a thousand of them, but I I'm just wondering, you know, I I'm I'm wondering if we're going to see Usyk's chin checked in this or even his body checked. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering, we haven't seen if he can catch. Yet. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's the biggest question about this for Usyk right now. We don't know what happens if he gets cracked. Kasiev is the guy that can do that. Yep. Uh, Jesus, man. Like, I, like I'm so, I, I am actually more excited for this fight uh, because, it, because mainly because it's number one and number two uh, mm-hmm. facing off against one another. You know, but it's it's the tournament's played out like we all hoped it would, you know, like we all f- were, were thinking it might, you know, because kind of like, I know the Super Bowls today, like with the NFL, a wild card team, you know, can, can upset, you know, the, the, the number one seed, the the team that's supposed to go to the Super Bowl, you know, because that team's having a bad day or gets a bad call. And then, and then you get number six versus number two, you know what I mean? In the championship game. And while it's still the championship game, yeah, kind of takes that steam off of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would have been I, not disappointed, but I would have. It would have been a letdown to some degree for me if Breedis would have upset Usyk and Dordikos would have upset Gaev, and we would have had a Dordikos Breedis final. I still would have watched. I still would have been excited, but some of that, some of that steam, some of that excitement would be missing. This is like the best possible outcome that I could have imagined for this tournament. That's continued to deliver, by the way, from from mm-hmm. you know the starting point to this day. So, um, early early pick, Victor. Who do you who do you like in this one? Usyk, Usyk by Usyk? decision. Yep. By decision. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with Gasayev by decision. And this is this, this is again, yeah, early picks, guys. These are early picks. I'm going to go and watch both guys' most recent performances many times over the next few weeks. And over the course of the next what two or three months that we have mm-hmm. three months about three months now, I'm gonna go and watch all of. I'm yeah it'll yeah because just because even without this show I would do it for my own personal satisfaction. Right. But yeah, because I love boxing, but it would. It, it's one of those things I want to watch and see where every you know these guys are deficient, where one guy trumps the other you know in, in terms of whatever it is punch output footwork you know hand speed. All of that stuff, all of the categories. I'm going to break these guys down. You know, probably uh, it, it'll probably be a pedantic effort, but I'm going to do it. Um, so my my prediction likely, highly likely to change as time goes on. I just I'm one. I just there's something inside me that says gas save is the best cruiserweight in the world. You know what I mean? And I feel, I feel here's another thing, Victor. I feel like Gasayev was tested far more last night than Usyk has ever been tested in his career. Or his professional career. 
You could argue that, and what's crazy yeah. is that Gassiev won more convincingly. Even without the knockout, he would have won more, won more convincingly than sure. Usyk did against Briedis. Well, well, he had that. He had the fight wrapped up before the first knockdown. But when that when he mm-hmm. floored Dordikos, and even when Dordikos climbed up to his feet, I just thought, well, that seals that. You know what I mean? It's late <laughs> in the round, and it's even if it goes to the car, that's it. But and again, I have to point out, Victor, to kind of just to digress for a moment here before we get back onto the fight itself. The judges in that fight, one was American, and the other, neither of the other guy, I didn't mark it down, but neither of the other guy, guys, judges were from Russia, if I remember correctly. When they announced the judges yesterday, I was just like, I gave like a golf clap, you know, sitting in the car dealership. <laughs> this is how you do boxing. You know, I know that, 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 that nobody that matters in the sport, you know, in terms of promoters or, you know, network people are going to probably ever listen to this episode or, or my podcast in general. Mm-hmm. But this is how you fucking do boxing, Victor. This is how you do boxing, uh, boxing brass. Tournaments. The best guys in the very best in a division or tournament. No negotiations. No bullshit as to where the fight is going to be. The, the mm-hmm. higher seed fights at home. Just like it works in the NBA. Just like, you know, Super Bowl is the exception. But just like it works in the NFL during the playoffs. You know, the higher-seeded team gets to play at their respective stadium in their hometown. You know what I mean? I mean, in the I, best I hate this. Uh-huh. Go in ahead. This, hometown doesn't even matter because nobody's robbing anybody. Nobody's trying to rob anybody. Sure. Usually sure. Not, in a fight like – or just in boxing matches, I care so much about where that fight is. Like, okay, so they're fighting in Texas, so that means that this guy's going to need three knockdowns to get a draw. I understand now. But for this, or, I don't care. <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things I, I hear – you know, I listen to a lot of other podcasts, uh, not only for news, but just to see, you know, because I like to see what other people are doing so that I can, you know, take what works for other people and maybe incorporate those elements into to the show you and I do at some point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I watch everybody that I admire very closely uh, for a lot of different reasons, mostly, but mostly for news and just to hear what, you know, their take on the sport is. Um, but this is one of those things where it's, 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 you know, and I've heard a lot of these people say it, you know, on their own shows, when a fight goes to, Vegas, or when it goes, like you just said, when it goes to a certain city, you go, okay, so the judges, I know who judge A, B, and C are going to be, I know where they're going to sit, I know who's tied to who, and, oh, promoter A is involved, promoter B is involved, promoter B is in trouble because promoter A works with the head of this Mm -hmm. commission or the head of that commission, and it's like, oh, boy, here we go again, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you said, oh, fighter A is, you know, got to have six knockdowns, just knockdowns in this fight, just to get a draw, maybe. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I And if you knock him, don't let him knock him out, because he's going to get disqualified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and speaking of May 11th, in, in the, the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight Final, which will be in Jeddah, uh, Saudi Arabia, um, another fight the week before on Cinco de Mayo, Canelo Golovkin, too. We didn't really get to touch on that too much, and we can do that after we finish covering this fight, Victor, if you... Uh, if you so desire, um, but that fight is probably—it's in Ve- It's probably going to end up in Vegas again, and it's probably going to end up at the T-Mobile Arena again. And mm-hmm. there's—and and there's these—I don't buy it, but there's this talk of Adelaide Bird's going to be a judge again on on that fight. Not be a it, judge. No, 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 I don't buy it. But the fact that that shit even flies around, 
that shit should have been laid to rest a long time ago. So when I look at when I look at what I saw yesterday and with the Usyk and Breedis fight last week and all the other fights in these tournaments, nobody's got any kind of advantage except for I don't have to I don't have to fly. Yeah. You know, I don't have to I don't I don't have to go to a gym in a foreign country or a different state, you know, to to adjust to the time for a week or two prior to the fight. I get to wake mm-hmm. up and, and drive an hour or two at max. You know what I mean? It's the judges are all non-biased, you know, or at least it looks that way when they, you know, they tell you, hey, it's, this guy's from the United States, this guy's from New Zealand, this guy's from Kenya. There's nobody from Russia, nobody from from the Ukraine, or, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, from Cuba on those cards. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Yeah, and that's the way it should be in every single fucking match in this sport, Victor. Would you not agree? Definitely. You know what? What we should do, because I think it's going to be easier to do it this way, instead of <laughs> marking out all the corrupt judges, let's just mark the few good judges and go from there and just assume that yeah, all the other ones that. are corrupted. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, we can definitely do that. Well, let me do this. Before we move on to anything else, or before we continue talking about this, this fight in this tournament or, or, or what these tournaments do for boxing, uh, we are just under an hour, um, and the show is probably, may, probably won't go two hours today because we don't have – too much else to talk about besides the tournaments. Uh, we'll talk about a few other small things. But if anybody listening wants to call in, uh, you can reach Victor and I at 657-383-0391. You can also, uh, I'm sorry, you can also tweet me with your questions and comments at at Split the Boxing, or you can tweet Victor with the same at at 757-VIC. All right, Victor, let's jump back into that there, and I'll keep an eye on the, the call board just in case. I have a feeling today we probably won't get any callers uh, just because it's Super Bowl Sunday, uh, and the majority yeah. of our listeners, according to Blog Talk Radio, uh, are in the United States. And, and from what I can gather, or what I've gathered over the years on uh, participating on Twitter uh, in the boxing universe, is most, most boxing media and most boxing fans are also NFL fans. So um, I don't I – li- I love the NFL, but I don't follow the sport at all anymore, and, and I haven't for 20 years. So And even if I did, the 49ers are nowhere near the Super Bowl, so the rest of the league can go Man. fuck itself. This season <laughs> was so disappointing for me. I'm a Raiders fan. I feel like this was going to be our oh. year. And, uh, yeah. Well, I hey, let me, let me ask you real quick. Just, just because, just because I still, I still have a, you know, I still have a love for the NFL, even though I, I haven't watched it in 20 years mm-hmm. at all. Uh, how do you feel about the Raiders moving to Las Vegas in the in the, in the near future? Honestly, it's, I don't like it. Really? We, yeah, man, we're te- Las Vegas is a fucking tourist town. You don't, you're not going to get the same loyal fan base as you did in California and Oakland. You're just not. And hmm. people to worry about like gambling, they're like, oh, well, it's going to get more. It's not. You, the way gambling is done now, it's done online primarily at this point. Right. right. That doesn't affect anything at all. But the move to L, uh, Vegas, I, I don't like it. But hopefully we will change our name to the Sin City Raiders, and that will almost, that almost would be cool for everything. <laughs> you know what? I, I like that. Even if it's a nickname, like unofficial. You know, yeah. but for for me, like I don't, it's kind of like with boxing. I don't care, you know. A lot of people, how you're an you're American or you're Mexican American. Why are why aren't you why aren't you why are you rooting for Golovkin and not Canelo? Why are you not more supportive of Hispanic fighters? I don't give a fuck where a guy's from. It's all about how he fights, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, I've said it before. I I love punchers. I love brawlers. I love 
I love highly skilled boxer punchers. Those are my favorites. You know, like a Golovkin, like a Hagel, like a Tyson. You know, those kinds of guys. But it, with with, NF, with the NFL or any other sport that I like, even if the Lakers moved out of L.A. and went to you know Timbuktu, I would still be a Lakers fan. I you know what I mean? It's it's more about the loyalty for me and who I grew up with. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Or, or the way a team plays that makes me a fan, or a way that a guy fights that makes me a fan, then it does where the team originates from. You know, the only time I care about where a fight is happening or where a fighter is from is if, if I'm going to that fighter or if the team, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to have to fly to watch the Philadelphia Eagles play. You know what I mean? If I live in Philly that, Hey, that's great. You know what I mean? But you know, other than that, I don't care. The 49ers moved to 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 Vancouver, I don't care. I'll, I'd still be a 49ers fan. So, <laughs> I but I, you know, I just wanted to get your take because I don't. I think I have. Yeah, I have one other friend who's a Raiders fan, and I haven't. I don't talk to him as often as I, I used to or should. But uh, so you're the first Raider fan that I've been able to ask that question to. Um, but jumping back over to boxing um, and to the uh, the upcoming. Uh, oops, actually, hang on a second. We've got a caller, Victor. Perfect. 804, you're live with Victor and Scott. What can we do for you? Hello. Hello, what's up? How is everybody? Who's this? Good, how are you? I'm good. Good, who's this? This is um, Reverse Lee. Ha, I knew I was Hey, what's up, man? I'm good. (laughs) Good, what can we do for you, man? Um, I just wanted to, like... I noticed, like, Burchelt's next opponent has changed, like, twice now. Oh, yeah. Has it? Yeah. Twice? <clears throat> no, he's right. Because yeah, he was supposed, initially... to... Oh, he yeah, was supposed probably... to fight um, the guy that Victor Chinian knocked out. Uh-huh. I, don't, I can't remember his name. It was Christian Mihadis. And then that fight fell through. So then he was supposed to fight the OPBF champion with like six or nine losses or something like that. Then that fight fell through. <clears throat> and now I noticed like in that little hashtag section where you put the um, little discussion points uh-huh. that he's that he's having he has even a third opponent now. And I looked that guy up on box. So he's like one hundred and six. Oh my god! In the world. <laughs> what? Gee, his record, guys, is forty-four and three with thirty KOs. Uh, his name is Maxwell Awuku, I think. He's from Ghana. Yeah, huh. he's like and... his last opponent was like fourteen and thirteen. It took him yes, like five rounds right. to knock him out. Wow! In the fight, yeah, that fight was in Ghana too. You're right. If fourteen and thirteen, yep. And before that, well, before that, guys, in uh, looks like October, October eighth of twenty sixteen, uh, Burchell's opponent fought a guy named John Obitley Comey, who was nineteen and twenty one. And it took him like what, like six rounds to get that guy. Uh, let me see. Uh, doesn't say. <laughs> yeah, what says but, a lot right there that it doesn't say. The last time, the last time uh, this guy fought. A guy, uh, uh, another fighter with a winning record was back in on June 6th of 2015, and the guy was 33 and three, and he lost by unanimous decision. After that, well, it was seven to twelve. Four, technically, fourteen and thirteen is a winning record. Mm-hmm. He got right, you. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
No, but after it was, yeah, I mean, you can look at his box rec. It's pretty, pretty pathetic and suspicious. Uh, 33 and 3, and then 7 and 12, 6 and 7, 9 and 21, and then 4 and then 13. So, Man, thank you yeah, for telling I, me about this. I kind of forgot about this. I heard about this and I just <laughs> completely now, forgot. The first rate you know, you, it is pretty forgettable. Now, yeah, now do either of you guys have a problem with, with, with this fight getting a fight like this getting sanctioned? Yes, yes for the WBC have... world title. Yeah. Yeah. Look well, I'm just playing I'm playing okay. devil's advocate, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Look at his box wreck. Rating now, I hate box like ratings, but like when they're this bad, there's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> when all of your fights have been in one country, aside from like two of them, that says a lot there. When that one country is like Ghana, when your opponents are just guys that nobody has heard of, that says a lot. This is fucking. This is a disgrace. Yeah, it's that's pathetic. Now. I, how much? Let me ask you guys. How much money is exchanging hands to make something like this happen? I don't I mean, know. I highly doubt that someone's like. But paying... but to sanction this, but you you've got to pay somebody. I mean, to you got to remember that like Burchell, he has the WBC belt, and that's the Mexican sanctioning body, and he himself is Mexican, and Suleiman has a long history of just favoring Mexican fighters. Right. So they can do things they shouldn't really be able to do. When you said that, I thought you meant how much money are they? Is um. Oh no 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 no! I don't mean like that. Putting for yeah. No 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 no! I just uh, it, it's because I mean you hear about you hear about sanctioning bodies, you know, not sanctioning or sanctioning a fight all the time, where we all kind of collectively scratch our heads and go, "Well, that doesn't make sense," or "Yeah, that makes sense," you know. And I, I'm having a hard time because I hadn't researched. Uh, Maxwell Owuku, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, much until uh, just before the fight. And all I did was quickly glance at his box rec because I'm not really intrigued about the fight. We'll watch it and cover it, Victor. But, you know, I mean, I mean, what is what does somebody like Mikhail Burchelt gain from this? This isn't even this isn't even a glorified sparring session. This is just like almost an execution. Wouldn't you guys agree? Do we even have mm-hmm. footage of this guy? Because for Zordals, that's the point of we didn't have footage of them. Um, I can, I'll, I'll look after and I'll post a link on, on, on my timeline or on the split D timeline. Uh, so we can, you know, anybody that's interested can check it out, but I've, yeah, I've never, outside of seeing his, his, uh, box rec page, you know, just before the show, I, I didn't even know who the guy was. And I, you know, I thought the same thing as, no, I mean, I thought the same, I thought the same thing. You did reverse, you know, this guy's ranked way down here. What the hell is going on? But, you know, because I have so little interest in the fight, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I didn't I didn't dedicate too much of my time to it. So, yeah. That's a shame, too, because I, I like Burchelt. I really like him. I like the way he yeah. fights and everything. But Yeah, oh. and he's got some pop, so, you know, I don't mind watching him fight, but it's it's one of those things where it's, you know, I, I know they're going to promote this as well, you know, Owuku's forty-four and three. You know that's respectable, but you know when you look at his last few fights, try to promote his big knockout power. Sure, sure. Yeah, I. Yeah, uh, that fight actually is on. Oh, it's on BN Sports. It's not. Oh, thank God, I was I was gonna ream uh, one of the three <laughs> networks. A, a new asshole had that been on ESPN, Showtime, or, or HBO. 
Um, but cat, I mean, like I said, when I said who did you, whose wheels had to get greased to make this happen? I mean, even the network, what, what network, respectable network says, you know, yeah, I'll, we'll pay for that. You know, who's going to watch this besides guys like us? What, I what's the, will probably just check out highlights. And you'd be right to do so. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll watch the whole thing so I can comment on it next Sunday, but I just, I'm relying uh, on you. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it's, 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 it's kind of sad because that's the only fight, uh, quote unquote, of note that's happening next weekend. the The tournament, the tournaments take a, a, the week off, and we don't mm-hmm. get uh, we don't get Groves and uh, Eubank Jr. until the following Sunday. So, man, I'm so excited for that one too. I can't pick a winner. Every time I think of that fight, I cannot pick a winner here. Yeah, I, I'm st- well. I'm still leaning towards. I'm still leaning towards Eubank, but that, that what really bothers me in my about my own, my own pick is that Groves is just vastly more experienced. Mm-hmm. Even I mean the fact that he's been in with Frotch twice, you know, some of that caliber, and Eubank has has you know hasn't been in with that, with that kind of fighter yet or that quality of fighter yet. And here's the so. thing. Every time you think about this, it's like, are these really advantages or are they disadvantages? Like, Grove is more experienced. Does that mean he's shop-worn? Eubank is young. Does that mean he's inexperienced or he's just fresh here? Like, what right. are we really doing here? Right. What, what, what do you think, Reverse? What are you leaning, who are you leaning towards in that one? Personally, slightly lean on Groves a little bit. Okay. I'm headed with it, too. Lightly, just because of like, because people forget he was able to drop Carl Frotch, which wasn't, which isn't really that easy, right? And he also has footwork, and he's also leagues above any opponent that Eubank was ever able to beat, mm-hmm. right? Hmm. Yeah, see, now now I'm rethinking my pick. I do that. I do that every few days. I think about the fight, and go, ah, oh, shit, you know, but. Yeah, I right now and, and, and I'll give my official pick next on on next week's show. But I'm still going with Eubank Jr. probably by late late stoppage, like around eleven or twelve. I just I just I just think I, I, I think Groves is shopworn. I don't know. I will see it being a stoppage. I don't know. Yes, I can't. Really and that's that's a that's a big if if Eubank fights Groves aggressively the way he has the last couple of fights or, or he employed that you know that 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 level of aggression, then, then I can see it happening. But here's but the thing here. Tough. What, what happens when you're up against, because like you said, Eubank has been doing this against lesser opposition. What happens if you're trying to do that against the guy that you all, or do the same things and is not having success because he's so much better? Do you like give up on that? Do you start to doubt yourself? What happens there? So also remember questions. that George Groves, he's a natural 168 pounder. Right. That's true. That's true. Up from 160. Ooh. I, that's something I had not considered in my pick. Oh, man. Like, yeah, we've I'm seen gonna, him I'm on the to... scales. We've seen you being junior on the scales trying to gain weight for this. So, mm. yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's tough. I, I'll make an official pick next week, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stand. I'll, I'll plant my feet on that one at least until next week. I just it, It's still a tough pick. I think I think it's actually harder to pick next uh, that that fight than it was to for me to pick Gossi over over Dordicos. And that, that, oh, yeah, that was a lot too. easier of a fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. really know how you could really pick Dorticos after watching the Kalinga fight and then watching the Lebedev fight. 
Yeah, I did that, and and I mean, when you watched, I put things in slow motion too on my PC, and the way he where it ended up being the case, the way he leaves himself open when he throws his his power shots to his opponent's heads, you know, he was he's there to be hit, so and he kind of leans in like, uh huh. Go ahead. He tied his defense up for this fight, and he also still did that dumb shit where he holds his mouth wide open every time he throws a punch. I hate seeing that so much. Great way to get your jaw broken. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or your tongue, your tongue chopped off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I yeah that. God, now I'm I'm thinking about next week's tournament or not, the week after that. Um, now outside of the. Uh, the Burchelt fight next week, there really isn't too much happening in boxing. Uh, but I did want to did get anybody your thoughts. The, um, anybody see the Ancajas Ramirez fight? I only saw the Ancajas fight. I watched highlights of both. I didn't I didn't really give two craps about either fight. Um, did you watch it? I did not see the Ramirez fight, but yeah, I saw the Ancajas fight. Uh, how did he look? He looked all right. I think Manny Pacquiao... Good. He's still trying to develop Yuran on Cajas before he even thinks about putting him in unification fights. Right. And that's well, why that we're sense. not seeing him against any good opponents. Like, his best win, in my personal opinion, is still Mitchell Arroyo, <clears throat> who was the guy he got the belt from. Sure. Even though McJoe was coming off a one-year layoff. <laughs> okay. Actually, yeah, I don't know. I uh-huh. There are a couple of good fights. Well, maybe not good fights, but good fighters on next week's card on the 10th. You got Anthony Yard, you got Daniel Dubois. People care about Bradley Skeet in the UK, kind of. Sure. It's decent to watch those. They're good UK fights. Oh, and don't forget Roy Jones fights on the 8th, guys. <laughs> Isn't this supposed? Didn't he say this was his last fight again? Yeah, I feel like he said he that did. a few times. Jesus, what is that guy? Four or five years older than me, so he's pushing fifty. Yeah, I, I yeah. at least he I, isn't I, in I, with killers, though. No, yeah, and that's a good thing. But I mean, but what is it? Well, who is it? Uh, is it? I, it might be somebody on the HBO. You correct me if I'm wrong. Who is it that says? Uh, the the sustained beatings over twelve rounds over years and years is worse than the one knockout that retires you. No, they are, but at the same time, we're not really talking but about he's sustained got beatings. Both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got knockouts just, over a sustained period of time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I just, I, I don't. I, Roy Jones is one of my favorite fighters. It's like I hate to see any fighter, you know, especially the ones that I've admired, go out. Or refuse to go out the way you know that the way they should. You know the, the danger just as you get older and more shop worn, the danger of something serious happening to you, even at a later oh. time, is you know. I'm glad this topic came up because it's something that I wanted to talk about. Actually, we had this in right. notes too. We just skipped over it. For one, the Dortico stoppage. What did you think of that one? I had no problem with it. Let me let me do this, Victor, real quick. Let me preface this. For our listeners and for you, because uh, I one of the things I love most about boxing is that it's violent. I love I love hand to hand unarmed combat between two guys. To me, it's the ultimate contest. So I like blood and guts. I love all that stuff. I want to see guys hurt 
And I want to see them knocked out within the context of the sport. I don't want to see guys have problems, especially later in their lives, or be unable to support their families. I'm against all of that stuff. I don't want to see any of that happen. Now, that said, end of preface, I thought it was stopped appropriately, obviously, after Dordicos went through the ropes. But I, I, I know some of the some of the people in, in, in media went crazy and said it was stopped too late. And I know... I know what you think, Victor, and you can speak in just a second. Um, I thought it was a fine stoppage. Um, he could he have stopped it after the second knockdown, or after that uh, that that uh, that right or left hook that just like obliterated Dordicos before he went through the mm-hmm. ropes. Yeah, but I'm a fan of seeing guys go out on their shield. And Dordicos was a cruiserweight champion. He's the you know, one of the top guys in the division, and this tournament's for all the marbles. Now I know that. A lot of people, he including yourself, that he was one of the. He also showed that he was one of the only Cubans with a chin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. But and you know what? He was in, 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 until the second knockdown occurred. He was fighting back and, and trying to make a count of himself. Um, I don't have a problem with the knockdown. I was I was glad to see it end the way it did. Not only as an entertainment piece and as somebody who loves, you know, I'm a bloodthirsty ghoul. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I know the the thing is, it's I, I, what do they say? I'd rather see a punch or a fight end one punch too early than one punch too late. I fucking hate that. Give me blood, give me violence, dude. I want to see a guy knocked out cold to conclude, especially on this level. Now, uh, Friday night fights, of course not. You know, save your guy, fight another day. But these guys were operating at the highest level of the sport. You know what I mean? Obviously, not a pay-per-view or anything like that, but this is for all the marbles, man. You know what I mean? And with 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 Dordicos being a heavy-handed guy and the ability to end and you know turn the fight around and end it with one punch, I'm glad that the ref allowed it to happen like it did. Now, go ahead, Victor. There is absolutely no point in continuing that after the second knockdown. There is no way Dordicos is going to be able to do anything at all when you have a guy that's not steady at all their power is gone there's nothing he can do he can't really position himself properly even land a big punch there's nothing he can do so there's no need to have that continue at that point and you're just looking at damaging the fighter the corner should have stopped they should have just thrown in the towel or the referee yeah. should have stopped it up in the second knockdown but this shit happens and it's sad to see because imagine if his trainer was looking at it he was like how do you like it <laughs> yeah. I made a joke yeah. about that actually. <laughs> Not on this show, but on the uh, BDA podcast, I made a joke about that one because, man, that was so <laughs> stupid. You, all of you, you do know the thing we're referencing, right? Split D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even when I don't even happen, I I don't know. I have no idea. Look, <laughs> you you're doing pad work, and then you accidentally end up getting cut off with a fucking left hook. How? They're practice movements. How are you even... Dordico's fucked up. They're... What if two things happen well, there? Either Dordico's fucked up or the trainer fucked up. One of the two. Leading towards or, or, here. Or it was staged. <laughs> or it was staged. Man, would you take a punch you like want, that? What would you really have to gain from that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. We, well, well, you know well, well, let me put it this way. I, 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 the video is still fresh in my mind, but my grandfather was a professional wrestler, like in the fifties and six, 1950s and sixties. Like, 
so I'm very familiar with how you can make a punch look very real and, and how you can make a dive look very, uh, very real. Um, I don't know that that's the case. I'm not claiming that video was staged or the actions in that video were, you know, some sort of self-promotion or, you know, tournament promotion. But there's always that possibility. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, if it wasn't staged, then, I mean, like you said, somebody fucked up. And why would you say something like that to your trainer if it's not staged? Like, if I, if I hit somebody and hurt them by accident like that, it wouldn't be like, how do you like it? I'd be like, dude, let me get you up. Can I buy you lunch? I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Let's see. Oh, yeah, another guy that I worry about is Antoine Douglas, man. He has all of the signs. He got beat down. Yeah, he has yeah. all the oh, signs he's of done. a neurological issue. And I don't yeah. think anybody's checking on this kid. He needs to get some type of scan done and retire from boxing. Because I'm pretty sure I know what that scan is going to turn up as. I'm pretty sure I know what they're going to say about that. Oh, hey, check when this it, out, guys. Real quick, I, I don't mean to interrupt. Um, there is a chance, according to uh, somebody on Twitter or a couple of people, uh, that Russia is trying to uh, rein in the, the Usyk Gasseyev fight. What do you guys think of that? If it was in Russia, would you guys rather see it there or in a, in a like a neutral location? Well, I'd always rather see neutral location. Yeah, for I agree. Russia in particular, I have not seen them fuck a fighter over ever. If anything, the only time I could think of when somebody got fucked over in Russia was when Povetkin fought Klitschko and he got fucked over and he was the Russian. So Right, right. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know. I, I I agree with the reverse. I would rather see everything, including the location, be neutral. Um, especially in a fight like on this level or of this magnitude with the all that's at stake. And even if they even if they do that, they're probably still gonna bring in neutral um mm-hmm. officials because that's what they yeah. always do. Yep. No matter what yeah. level the fight is at, and then yeah, you're right. Honestly, I feel like where, where were they talking about Dubai? I don't remember. I uh, know uh, Saudi, uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Well, yeah. this, this person says what what kind of boxing face uh, base does Saudi Arabia even have? That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> like what the fuck, man? They don't deserve a fight like this. I'm sorry, they don't. They must They're have. Not. They must have brought it bought it out in advance. Yeah. How about definitely. they? How about they? How about they bring it to L.A. or to New York? That would be even better. It'd be a neutral location. New York, it'll probably be... It. If they I bring it to New York, it'll probably be the first time we go to a fight together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if it, if it comes to L.A., Victor, you, I'll fly you out here. It's got to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That'd yeah, be perfect. I, oh, my God, that would be amazing. I think the fight would but, probably be bigger in Russia just because of the yeah. massive sure, popularity sure. gas have just gained. Yeah, and with that, without yeah, the network support, without the well, without the network support, like having been there prior to the final, like yeah, I, outside of guys like us, you know what I mean, and other media people, there, you know, not too many people know about the tournament. Even my wife, you know, I talk boxing with her all the time, even though she's not into it. She, you know, she didn't know anything. She what tournament? What tournament? What's this? What's happening? So. <laughs> Which leads me to my next question, guys, and I'm glad you're here, Reverse, because I want to get your thoughts, too. Uh, what do you think of – oh, hang on a second. Let me adjust my mic. Crap, it fell down. There we go. Um, oops, I lost my train of thought. Crap. 
I have it in my notes. Hang on. If you guys have anything you need to talk about, go ahead. I got to pull my notes back up. So, uh, reverse. Mm-hmm. Early prediction for Canelo and Golovkin. Three match. I'm, there we go. I, I don't know. It, de- <laughs> it depends if Golovkin actually opens himself up more and throws more punches. Yeah. And sits down on a lot on more shots. I agree. I mean, because I keep hearing Canelo, oh, Canelo's going to get better his stamina, but you've got to remember, he's on like fight 40-something, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So by this point, he should have as much stamina as he's going to get. That's what I've been saying, now, too. Now, the reason I think his stamina is so bad is because he puts on too much weight after the weigh-in. Yep, that will always do now, it. If he didn't do, now, if he didn't do that, he might, mm-hmm. um, he could probably maintain out. stamina more. But a uh, big thing that, and I heard somebody say this in the um, comment section. They said Canelo needs, he needs the weight to take punches. Yep. If you take so away that mass, faster in the take fight. Away that mass, you take away that shock absorption, you take away the ability to take the punches. Yeah. Mm, I'm st- I'm I'm slightly yeah, it's not, leaning, leaning towards Canelo in that one. It's not a fight I'm particularly looking forward to that much. Yeah, thank you. Neither am I, and I know I know you're a big Golovkin fan too, Reverse. But it's like after the first fight, we know who won, and it's, it pisses mm-hmm. me off that that Golovkin. Obviously, it's for the money, but. Golovkin should be unifying and, and are finishing that process and then moving on with his career. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He should. Because the thing with that is there's just so many other fights Golovkin can take, even at right. middleweight. He can fight Gary Vinchenko. Yep. He could go to mm-hmm. Japan and fight Murata. That's probably the biggest fight, too, honestly. <clears throat> Murata? Well, let, let me rephrase that. It's probably the biggest fight outside of Canelo, the Murata fight in Japan. Yeah, that would probably do great. Murata gets like what one million viewers in Japan. He yep. does big, also, considering the fact that he's their gold medalist. Uh, the uh, Tokyo Dome is one of the few places that Golovkin has not sold out yet. That would be great for him just to sell out that venue. Mhm. And if not yeah, that, Gary Vinchenko was also his mandatory, so I would love to see mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that would be a good one as well. I don't. I, I call me crazy, guys. I have a feeling this is going to be going to end up being a trilogy. Yeah, I think that's what they're pushing for. Yeah, I just. I mean, Oscar's been saying before. Oscar's been saying before the first fight was even announced that this should be a trilogy. He's like, man, we can milk this into three or four fights, even. Yep. No. You know, I, I, even though I lean towards Canelo winning just because of Golovkin's decline in his, you know, his age, I, I. I could see this being a draw, either legitimately or illegitimately, and then having to do a, a third time in September or even next May. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you know, winner take all kind of thing. I just, but I, I, I don't like reverse said. I'm not super excited about it because I know who won the first fight, and he should be fighting Saunders right now. To, to, you know, for the undisputed middleweight championship. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about. Uh, I saw you saw Saunders is fighting Martin Murray now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It kind of looks like he's on a journey to prove that he can go twelve rounds with everybody triple G knocked out. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. It's kind of funny how it works, too. Let's see. Yeah. Outside of Murray, actually, not even outside of Murray, because I don't think anybody really cares that much about this fight. Who would you like to see Saunders fight in the meantime? Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrade would be cool. See, yeah, the thing about that fight. matchup, I think that would be a boring fucking fight. I don't have faith in Saunders versus Andrade. I could see <laughs> that fight going like the Willie Monroe fight, man. I don't. Although I like both the guys on their own, they're guys that I think need to be matched up in a certain way just to provide interesting matches, you know? Like, I'll watch it just for the sake of the competitiveness of it. I need to sure. choose better. But I also am not looking for... Like, if I read that matchup on paper, I'd be like, hmm, I want to see how, who wins. I want to see how this is going to play out. But I also don't expect it to be fun to find out how it's going to play out, you know? Oh, yeah, because uh, I watched... um. Demetrius Andrade's last fight, that fight was so boring. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing with Andrade. Andrade, he has a style that it's kind of like, well, it's not like Andre Wars, but it's like Andre Wars in the sense where it's pretty fucking boring. It's more like he relies yeah. heavily on what his opponent does encounters that. If his opponent isn't good, you're not going to see a good showing from him. He's not someone that like you take a like a Jamal Charlo or Golovkin in his peak, you're gonna have a good matchup regardless of who they fight because they're gonna blast their opponents the fuck out. Andrade can't do that. He's more of a finesse guy. So if you have a guy where there's nothing to really work around, you're not gonna see a lot from Andrade himself. He's better at like neutralizing you, exploiting you. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. Need also. Uh huh. The thing you would also think about is that Andrade, that style, since it does match up with Billy Joe Saunders, it would actually give us more of a scope of how he reacts to somebody who does not oblige to his fighting style like Mew did. Mm-hmm. No, I think we saw that in the Willie Monroe fight. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. He, Willie Monroe doesn't have the size that Demetrius Andrade has. True. <clears throat> Now, what do you guys? I, I found the question that, that I had forgot to ask. Um, I wanted to know what you guys think. Do you think the uh, the uh, Usyk Gasaya fight is going to get picked up by an HBO or Showtime or even ESPN, or do you think we're going to have to have, uh, stream it all over again? Stream? No. You don't think any of the networks going to fight? I mean, how does this look? Okay, we didn't show you any of the other fights, but we're going to show you the final. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but the, I think I think maybe the, somebody at Showtime, Stephen Espinosa or Peter Nelson or whoever's running ESPN is going to say this thing's hugely popular, you know, within the boxing community, and this is the final. You know what I mean? It, it's a launching point. You know, I I, I kind of feel like somebody's going to grab it, but then there's another part of me that says you guys are right. You know, we'll just be streaming it on our on our devices again. Which is not that it's a bad thing, but it's just a shame that it doesn't get a. You I mean, know, they upload a, it right to YouTube. Yeah. Right, right. It's just a shame that the tournament doesn't get broader exposure. You know what I mean? I mean, this, these, all the fights, with the exception of the hook fight. I mean, but all, let's think about it. Is it really not getting broader exposure, or is it just not coming to the United States? Well, that's the thing, I, though. That is broader well, exposure when you factor the United yeah, the states. state. This, yeah, exactly. It's it, you. This is the country where you want people, you know, people talking about it. In, but I, it's God, it's just a shame because 
like I said, this the every fight with the exception of the Breedis Hook fight is the kind of fight where you Correct. invite non boxing fans over to say, Hey, you gotta check this sport that I love out. You gotta watch. You know what I mean? This, this shit's gonna be great. You know what yeah, I mean? It was, especially uh, yesterday. Breedis and Perez, not Breedis and Hook. Uh oh, Usyk was yeah, the one that fought yeah, Hook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Breedis and Perez, sorry. But yeah, I, it's just, it's one of those things. Every every fight except for that one is delivered on some level, and it's just like, well, you know, damn man, you know. I, and I want more, and I I want to see more tournaments. And I'm sure both of you guys do too. So it's yep. like, but the money has to be there. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that next time, if there are any more planned or in the works, that they're gonna want or maybe even need the network support. You know what I mean? I think they'll get it mm-hmm. just for next time, not for this time. I don't think we're going to see the finals, like yeah. I said. But for next oh. time, I'm pretty sure we're going to have network support for this one since it, this tournament has been a fucking success here. Yeah. Well, as long, you know what? I don't care. I, I, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate or businessman asking that question. Yeah. As long as, as a fan or as, a, as somebody who does his own boxing show, as long as I get to see it in HD, you know what I mean, on a clean stream, a legal stream, I'm good. You know, I don't care how the product is delivered. I'm good as long as it gets delivered. I don't want it. I don't want it to be like the. Uh, the it was during the, the uh, Usyk fight, you know, where we had to go. They they kind of did the bait and switch where it was undercard, and they said, yeah, the main event will be on. Then they disappeared. Then it was over here. Then it was over here. Then it disappeared again. And then we we looked all over. We had to look all over the place for it, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Has anybody, yeah. Um, has anybody made their picks for um, Superfly yet? Uh, I was actually going to do that this week. I'm, my day to do that is usually Wednesday. Um, let me pull up. Uh, let me pull up the Superfly two card. I don't have all the fights in front of me. Yeah, I can tell you. It's it's Donnie Nietes versus Juan Carlos Rebeco, Carlos Quadras versus McWilliams Arroyo, and. Rung Visai versus Estrada. Oh, I'm going with Rung Visai. This is my unofficial pick. Rung Visai, um, Quadras, and Arroyo. Oh, that's a tough one, man. Um, Remember, maybe um, Quad. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that is a tough fight. But Quadras is also, I don't know if you know this or not, but he's training with Abel for this fight. I did not know that. One thing, though, I wanted to talk about and I completely forgot about. How tough is fucking Abel Sanchez's job right now with fucking... Uh, with two unified champions and exactly. a guy still running around as a contender. Right, yeah. and then in May you have two big fights in May like that? How that is in different styles to <laughs> deal with? <laughs> no doubt, man. I do not envy this man. <laughs> But that just shows how good of a trainer he is. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and what and he owns a what a restaurant and a construction company, I think. Right. Uh, on top of on top well, actually, of running all that. I actually That's, saw people saying that Abel shouldn't get any credit for Gastiev winning. What? Those people are fucking absurd. Who said that shit? Can you give me their address? Who 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 do you no, I mean we, I, we I have to credit we have to uh, we have to give uh, you know Gosse have most of the credit he gets in there and did, or he got in there and did the work but I mean who else are we supposed to to give credit to you <laughs> like, know what I mean? I mean they act as though they act as though Abel didn't teach him any of the stuff well, well oh, Jesus I don't so even, I don't even know what to say about do they that think matter do they are, think that trainers don't matter at all. 
I think they just don't like Abel Sanchez. Man, Abel Sanchez is fucking great. I don't know why yeah. people talk on or hate on Abel Sanchez so much. Like, oh, Abel Sanchez talks so much shit. He's not wrong about most of the stuff he says. I've I've never I've never heard or seen Abel Sanchez talk about anyone or anything in the sport. Like at least on camera, and everybody's different when the camera and the microphone's not in their face. But I've never right. seen him like not be a classy guy. You know what I mean? Right. He's cla- like he's honest, but he's classy about it. You know? Yeah. He's, he. I. You're never gonna hear Abel Sanchez. You know, say we're gonna fuck him up. It, it's. You know. <laughs> it, it's very professional and it's very. You know, it's very measured. But he's always honest. But yeah, he's always yeah. classy too. I know. And uh, I noticed this. Like when he, when he knocked down Daniel Jacobs. He was the only one. He just sat there with a straight face mm-hmm. and sat down while everybody else that was in the corner was jumping up and cheering. Yep. Well, I, I, he's a consummate professional. He's got a job to do. No matter you know, no matter what's going on in the ring, you know, it's uh, we're kind of in that era where every almost everybody, uh, not everybody, but almost everybody, behaves like a fan at some point, whether they're working the corner or they're you know, calling the fights or, you know, they're writing articles, you know, these personal opinions and and, and emotions tend to kind of creep to the surface, which is Mm -hmm. okay to some degree. I don't have, I don't necessarily have a problem with, with anyone in the media saying, Hey, I'm a fan of fighter A or fighter B, or this guy gets my blood going. I think, I think that's okay. As long as when you do your work, you can, you can uh, objectively say, well, Mm-hmm. The guy that I like is going to lose the fight because he's deficient in, in this area and in that area. Or he's going to win. You know, as long as you do your job professionally, I have no problem with, you know, when you voice your personal opinions. You know, right. I've, I think you I, get a lot I, of people who, you get a lot of people who, they the guy they like, they always pick him to win every fight, no mm-hmm. matter the limitations that he clearly has. Like the many right, people who right. picked Dortikos to be Gassiev. That's because the, right. the boxing media right now, not just when I say boxing media, I don't mean just like the youth guys on YouTube posting their videos. I mean like actual boxing, boxing media and shit. Like boxing scene and stuff. Yeah, they're oh, not yeah, yeah. good journalists at all. They well, they're, have they're no not, idea they're what not, they're well, doing. Well, just for the record, that's not journalism at all. They're <laughs> yeah. not journalists. That could be a like, journalist yeah. yeah. Just showing yeah, up for the weigh-in and the media workout doesn't make you a journalist. Right. That makes you that makes you a reporter, and you can be a mm. bad reporter. You can be a biased reporter. A bi- even see to me, I know a lot of people say oh, you can't be a journalist and have favorites or, or you know publicly say yes you can. Yeah, I, you some can. of the guys Definitely. that I some of the guys that I admire that have inspired me to do what we're doing here today have you know let the world know that they're a fan of this guy or that guy or this rule or this this venue whatever the case. And they do the, they go on they go home and they do, they do their job and they're critical of the guys that the guys that they that they that they say they admire or that they root for you know what I mean and that to me I have more respect for those guys than the guys that say I'm completely unbiased here's my here's my pick here's my article yeah 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 exactly and some of them they, you know and some of them their their official job title is journalist and they're horrible. That makes him horrible, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And even report like like uh, Dan Raphael at ESPN. I don't dislike the guy. I like when he's on the mic. I think he's good at what he does. But he, you know what I mean. He's open about who he likes and who he doesn't sometimes. But I see those biases come through a lot in his work. You know what I mean. Whereas other guys say, "Well, I don't mm-hmm. like this guy or I like this guy," but I'm still picking the guy I hate to win. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a Golovkin fan, and I'm picking Canelo to win this May. You know what I mean? I'm, a, I'm a, as of last night, I'm officially a Murat Gasayev fan and a big fan. Like I want to get a T-shirt that's got the guy's face on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know that he can beat uh, Alexander Usyk, who all, I'm also a fan of. You, you know, know what I mean? I don't know. I, if he I can just, do it either. Yeah, I mean, it's I not know. entirely impossible, but mm-hmm. right. And and if I end up picking, if my official pick. You know, on 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 uh, May sixth turns out to be Murat Gasayev. It's not because I'm a fan of the guy or because I dislike Usyk. It's because I sat down and broke it down to the best of my ability and said, "Well, this guy's deficient here, this guy's proficient here, and that's going to cause a problem for one guy or the other." You know what I mean? It's I don't understand why why people even you know nobody's like us can't can't sit down objectively and and do the job. It's it's not a difficult job. Yeah, and you see people it, who they say they're biased, but then you can clearly see them holding every other fighter. They say they're unbiased, but you can clearly right. see them holding every other fighter to a different standard. Yeah, like, you're right. He's got, you're right. He's got you're right. four world titles, and he's not, you know, he, when is he going to actually fight somebody? But then you'll see them with, like, Spence, and he's, like, the he's the future of the sport. Well, somebody somebody tried to compare... Uh, Golovkin Golovkin's reign as middleweight champion to Bernard Hopkins' reign, and uh, they, I mean, and it's a, I guess it's an interesting comparison, but the thing that really got under my skin with it was that they're both, you know, great fighters. Obviously, B Hop has the better legacy and the better, the better, uh, you know, overall, you know, career looking back, and Golovkin still has to include his career at heavyweight, right. Right, but they were just comparing the middleweight reign of both guys, but they were completely eating Golovkin alive. The article was said stuff like yeah, Golovkin never faced people, anybody. Right, Golovkin like, revisionist history. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hopkins reign was not that good. I'm sorry for like talking over you. No, no, no. Proper a proper journalist, whether they hate one fighter or the other, or they love both, or or any of those scenarios are at play. A proper journalist sits down at his desk, on his computer, or wherever he's going to write his article or record his video or do his podcast, and say, well, uh, B-Hop did this, Golovkin did this, they both did these things good, this guy did this good, this guy did this bad, and they make fair comparisons, objective comparisons, and they let the facts speak for themselves before they say, well, it looks here, this is why Hopkins had the better career, this is why Golovkin's having the better career, or whatever the case may be. You know, these These clowns out there now that that get credentialed for fights, uh, you know, and, and go to weigh yep. And the, the proper fans. way to do that is like, okay, well, Bernard, th- this Bernard Hopkins opponent was able to do this, and he had accomplished this at the point Bernard had sure. fought him. And this Golovkin opponent did this, and he accomplished this, but then you'll read articles like, well, this opponent was really good, and, but in Golovkin's career, he deliberately – Tried to fight nothing but bombs while Bernard shot yeah. nothing but the highest potential of fighters. Yeah, yeah, and, and ignoring some of those, does, some uh, of the horrible people. Match. Yeah, and ignoring some of the horrible fights he had uh, against like really bad opponents. You know what I mean? Or he rematched. Yeah, he jumped off the ring. ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a there was one guy and I can't remember his name. Um, I remember the fights like it was yesterday that Hopkins fought. I think at middleweight, uh, and it was. It was kind of like uh, it was kind of like the uh, the Stevenson um, Fonfara rematch. It was that kind of scenario where you're like, what, what, 
You know what I mean? And, and but now every, that revisionist history, well, Hopkins is untouchable. You know what I mean? And and they just hate on. They were hating on Golovkin in the article, and it was just. I'm reading. I, I read it for entertainment only because the guys that I respect, like I read and listen to Steve Kim, Mike Montero, Doug Fisher, guys that like. You know what I mean? That 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 do their jobs very very well. You know what I mean? And I, I've never seen them really go off the go off the wall with any with anything anything you know crazy biased or anything like that. But I, I don't I don't understand these articles and these other guys that get credentialed to do fights when they're clearly fans and they're clearly intellectually retarded fans at that. You know what I mean? They don't they're not they're they're not honest. They're not even honest with themselves. They you know what I mean? They lie to themselves. They deliberately take facts about any guy's record that they don't like for whatever reason. You know, or their career for whatever reason, and totally they dismiss it. Either dismiss it completely, write it off. You know, so that their other guy it paints their other guy in a better picture, or they 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 quote mine it, they cherry pick it, and they say, well, you know, th- this only happened this way, but my guy did A, B, and C ten times better. And it's like, wait a minute, you know what I mean? I mean, there's in the in the in the day and age of the internet where we all have it in our hands. You know what I mean? When we're not at home on our desktop or laptop, we have TVs that go online. We have smartphones. We have our phones. We have tablets. We have phablets. We have everything. Oh, shit, my car goes online. My new car has 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 internet capabilities in it. So it's like there's no excuse, like for that kind of dishonesty. You know what I mean? Especially when you're yeah, when and I can like I can like think of a distinct example of that. So, okay. like, remember when Roman Gonzalez, he was going to fight Rung of a Sign. Everybody was saying that was a cherry pick, right? Uh-huh. Because they didn't know who the fuck he was. But that's their Yeah, idea. and here's the thing that happened. Okay, so there was this guy who made a video. He's a somewhat prominent boxing YouTuber. He found the itty-bitty Valentin Leon win that was just a tune-up fight against a journeyman, and he wouldn't stop talking about that. And he, <laughs> he said that, oh, Roman, he should be fighting Khalid Jafar, not taking into account that Rung Vasai was actually ranked above Khalid Jafai on the Ring Magazine rankings. Yeah, it's. I, what do you what do you say to something like that? You know what I mean? It's the same. It's the same. People. And he was like, he was like clicking on like Rom, Roman Gonzalez opponents, and he didn't even know how to pronounce their name. Like he would <laughs> click on like a champion that Roman beat. He said, "Well, look look at this guy. You see, he has losses." And obviously, that's not a good that's not a good win. Yeah. Well, you know, these guys also will look at a fighter's record, and they'll see one or two losses, or even three or four, and they automatically assume, or it will tell you that the guy that they don't like or biased against for whatever reason is like a gatekeeper or a club fighter, it, and it's like, what are you talking about, dude? You know what I mean? And, or, or even like with going back to Golovkin. Oh, Golovkin got hit. He got touched up. You know, he he's been exposed. He got and it's exposed. Like, yeah, like like Muhammad Ali, like 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 Joe Lewis. Those guys never got knocked down or or hurt or touched. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? When when the best step in with the best, you know what I mean? Guys get hurt. Guys get knocked down. You know what I mean? Guys yeah, go I to just watch, like I just watched earlier today. Like Spence, he got beat on by a Kazakhstan guy. At the um, Olympic, I mean, at the amateur world level, like the guy schooled him, took every single, all three rounds from him, clearly. Right. 
but he's like he's the future of boxing. He's way better of an athlete than Golovkin oh is. Yeah, uh, when when and why? And you guys are both black guys, right? I know you are, Victor. Mm-hmm. We're, okay, we're actually you're both you. What? Yeah, I was gonna say what, <laughs> but when is it? Is it a race thing with with some of these guys that run the, these crappy channels? That get credentialed for fights, or, or what? Chris, what is it exactly? If it's not, what is it that causes people to hate on someone like Golovkin? Yeah, I, I don't understand it. For some of them, it is, and it's pretty obvious when it is. And for some of them, it and some, isn't. Sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just like, like no joke. Some of these guys, you can tell they're like sexually attracted to some of these fighters. What? What? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Like, can you give me an example? Like, some people who, like, you can clearly know they don't know anything about athletics, they'll be posting up a video talking about how nice Earl Spence's abs look and how (laughs) big his muscles are and how he looks like he's in really good shape. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I I don't, I just, even whether or not that's the case, I don't know. But I, it's, I, I had yeah, to it'll also because... be it'll also be somewhat of a race thing. Like you see people who will say, "Oh, Golovkin, he's ducking Laura. He doesn't want to fight Laura because yeah. he knows Laura would beat him." Yeah, yeah. On what on what grounds did they come to that conclusion? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when everybody was picking. Remember when everybody was picking Rigand out to beat Lomachenko? I remember some people did. Yeah. The same people that were people excuses. asking for that fight so goddamn much. It annoyed me so much. Everyone was like, hey, we should make Lomachenko and Rigo fight. Really? That's the one you want? Out of all the fights yeah, you can have, that's what we're looking at? See, but guys like us, we I mean, we knew what Regal was and what he really wasn't. You know what I mean? It, but it was the people that we're talking about now, part of that demograph or the demigraph. You know what I mean? As they're, they're popularly called on Twitter. Yeah, the demographic. I mean, they, they know very little about the sport. They're 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 often newer fans, and they gravitate towards a very specific style of fighter and and a specific color of fighter as well. So, or right. at least that I've noticed. So I don't, you know, that's why I asked. I I knew I knew Victor, you were a black guy, but I didn't know if Reverse was. I just I wanted to get your take because you know what I mean. I, I really I, hate that Dougie Fisher is that his name actually. Doug Fisher. Mm-hmm. I, Dougie yeah. Okay. Name, I think. Yeah. I really hate that he coined that term because I know you didn't just do it in that sense, but a lot of people on YouTube will use that as like a euphemism for using the racial slur. It is so fucking annoying. They do it on forums. They do it on YouTube comments. Like, hey, yeah, that stupid, ignorant, dummy graphic. Like, I know what you're trying to say. We all know what you're trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. So disgusting. And that's the thing. I, I have no problem like, like, if somebody's racist or making some, you know, some stupid comment or, or offensive comment like that, I have no problem talking about it openly. I don't need to substitute my words. You know what I mean? I just, I, I, I did, did Doug coin that phrase? I thought it was Steve, yeah. Steve Kim. I thought Whichever it was one of them. I appreciate yeah, it. I, I remember, I remember it used to be the demograph, which I kind of liked. I thought that was funny. It was like a humorous way to talk about it. But, you know, if you're using have you that, the, um, that. Have you heard of LDBC? Oh, of course. Those guys are fucking retarded. But I, I mean, like the 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 um the title of like where you put emphasis on the L. 
Oh, yeah. No, also, I, what does that stand for, by the way? I've never got a clear answer to that. Like Lions Den Boxing Community. Lions what? Den Boxing Community? Interesting. It's really silly. Huh. Huh. I had not heard that before. I mean, I knew who they are, but I didn't. I had no idea what it actually stood for. <laughs> I guess it's good to know you learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, did either of you guys have anything to add? I'm, I'm going to wrap up the show uh, a few minutes early. I've got to take care of some business um, yeah. out that, that exists outside of boxing. Did either of you guys have anything to add to the tournament or the fight that we just saw yesterday or the fight coming up next week? I do. It's not related to any of that, but it is related to boxing. I just want to say everyone should follow the BDA boxing channel on YouTube. They're yes. a great video analysis channel. Uh, also, the Fight mm-hmm. Journal on YouTube. He does the best breakdowns I've heard on YouTube. Unbiased reporting, really, really good stuff there. Everyone should watch that one. That's about it. I like to plug those two shows. Cool. No, those are both quality shows. Uh, those are... I, I haven't seen the fight journal, but the BDA they have great breakdowns on there. Yeah, they're him and him and Bucho are really good at what they do. That's for sure. Do you think Gilberto will look into any kind of unification fight in the near future? In the near um, future, hopefully not. I mean, who would he? Actually, I, I yeah, think... Caleb Shurek, If he beats James Gale again, that's a good one for him. I think I think Ramirez will maybe two yeah, yeah, maybe. Other other than that, though, I think I think Aram probably our top rank, I should say, will probably keep Ramirez or keep feeding Ramirez. You know these these safe guys and and not put him in too tough until there's you know a reasonable amount of money on the line because he's 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 they're a lot. They're putting they're actually putting Valdez in tougher than they're putting him in. Oh, I'm not nothing in boxing surprises me anymore, guys. I've I've seen it all and, and and witnessed it all in the last 33 years. So, but with that, uh, I am going to end the show because I have got to get moving. Uh, it's my daughter's 12th birthday today, so I've got to take care of that as well. Um, if you like what you heard today, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash split boxing. Uh, you can also follow myself on Twitter at at split boxing or Victor at at seven five seven Vic. You can visit the Split D Boxing website at splitdboxing.com, of course. And if you're so inclined to do so, you can support the larger Split D Boxing Network, including this podcast, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Split D Boxing. So for uh, Reverse Lee, my co-host Victor, and myself, uh, this is Scott Jarvis saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right, goodbye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.